The woman, standing under the departures board at Victoria Station, had a flat, rectangular body and an iron-hard, rectangular face. A hat of fawn-coloured, corrugated felt, rather like a walnut shell, encased her head. Her hands were gloved in fawn-coloured cotton, and at her feet was the durable, but scarcely used, brown leather suitcase she had taken on her honeymoon forty-five years before. Her eyes scanned the scurrying commuters, while her mouth grew more and more set, the lips thinning to a hairline crack. She was waiting for her son. He was one minute late, and his unpunctuality had begun to afford her a glowing satisfaction. She was hardly aware of this pleasure, and, had she been accused of it, would have denied it just as she would have denied the delight all failure and backsliding in other people brought her. But it was present as an undefined sense of well-being that was to vanish almost as soon as it had been born, and be succeeded on Robert's sudden hasty arrival by her usual ill-temper. He was so nearly on time as to make any remarks about his lateness absurd, so she contented herself with offering her leathery cheek to his lips, and saying, "'There you are, then.' "'Have you got your ticket?' said Robert Hathel. She hadn't. She knew that money had been tight with him for the three years of his second marriage, but that was his fault. Paying her share would only encourage him. "'You'd better go and get them,' she said, "'unless you want us to miss the train.' And she held even more tightly to her zipped-up handbag. It was a long time about it. She noted that the Eastbourne train— stopping at Toxborough, Myringham, and King's Markham, was due to depart at 6.12, and it was five past now. No fully formed, uncompromising thought that it would be nice to miss the train entered her mind, any more than she had consciously told herself it would be nice to find her daughter-in-law in tears, the house filthy and no meal cooked, but once more the seeds of pleasurable resentment began germinating. She had looked forward to this weekend with a deep contentment, certain it would go wrong. Nothing would suit her better than that it should begin to go wrong by their arriving late, through no fault of hers, and that their lateness should result in a quarrel between Robert and Angela. But all this smouldered silent and unanalyzed, under her immediate awareness that Robert was making a mess of things again. Nevertheless, they caught the train— It was crowded, and they both had to stand. Mrs. Hathel never complained. She would have fainted before citing her age and her varicose veins as reasons why this or that man should give up his seat to her. Stoicism governed her. Instead, she planted her thick body.